0: We give you the chance to hear many different people that are facing many different struggles talk about what they're doing, how they're doing it, and why they're doing it, in the belief that such listening is a crucial step in strengthening all of our efforts to change the world. On this week's show, I will be speaking with Marietta Vilt and Nicole Holland. In most instances, when you hear the expression trade school, you probably think about a formalized educational institution at which people can learn to engage in certain kinds of skilled blue-collar labor. When it comes to trade school Halifax, though, it means something a bit different. It's trade as in swap or exchange. Marietta Vilt and Nicole Holland are part of the core collective for trade school Halifax. Described on their website as, quote, a self-organized space for alternative education, end quote, they are dedicated to creating grassroots-free opportunities for people in the Halifax area to share skills and knowledge with one another through workshops and community discussions. Some of these events have involved teaching practical skills for living, like seed saving or baking pastry. Some have involved practical skills of particular use in activism and organizing, like fundraising or graphic design for activism. Some are more personal political skills, like how to talk with your racist uncle about the Paris attacks, or ways of talking about and living sexuality and queerness. And some are more theoretical, like debt-driven capitalism or the politics of trauma and trigger warnings. Inspired by a similar initiative in Vancouver, and supported by infrastructure from a trade school in New York, it is nonetheless a very locally focused, all-volunteer, grassroots project. Vilt and Holland talk with me about the founding of trade school Halifax, about how it works, about the politics that inform it, and about their ongoing effort to create more opportunities for more and more diversely situated Haligonians to share their knowledge and their skills. We spoke by Skype to phone from Halifax.
1: My name is Marietta. I came to Halifax around two and a half years ago. I'm originally from Germany, and I came here for an exchange for university. I've been interested in different social justice organizing things before. I was politicized mostly in student struggles in Germany in 2008, 9, 10, I would say. So this was definitely a time where I became more and more aware of all the gaps that the current capitalist neoliberal system is not only maintaining but also creating. I personally come from a fairly privileged background, and I think coming to Canada really showed me how inaccessible education here is, and also how institutions here are very, very elitist. And so, yeah, founding trade school was just something that happened really, really easily, and it seemed to make so much sense. I'm Nicole Holland. I grew up on
2: the south coast of Nova Scotia, about half an hour outside of Halifax. I met Marietta about a year ago through an event called One Hundred and One Day.
0: For the benefit of listeners who haven't heard of it, One Hundred and One Day describes itself as a festival of civic engagement and it happens in a number of different cities across the country.
2: I had been volunteering for the second year. She had just been offered the position of assistant coordinator and Over the course of about two or three months, she kept mentioning more and more about trade school and how she was getting more heavily involved and how awesome it was. I heard about all these workshops popping up all over the city, and I couldn't help but get involved because I was really excited about the idea. I believe that having accessible education that's open and allows people to feel that they are equal and one and the same with everyone involved is a beautiful thing, and I know how much tuition costs for a lot of programs around here, so I feel like that's an important thing for people that might not be able to afford classes for something that they're really, really interested in. So I feel like allowing this sort of environment, opening that up for everyone is a great concept, especially if you want to test drive something that you're not so sure of, if you want to learn a new skill. It's extremely accessible,
0: and I think that's a really, really important factor in all this
1: We found a trade school at a free school
0: in Tatamagush. Uh, And just to make sure that listeners are clear, the event that Vilt is going to be describing over the next few minutes is the Tatamagush Free School, which is a separate thing from trade school Halifax, though it's where they came up with the idea. If you want to learn more about the Tatamagush Free School, you can search on talkingradical.ca or rabble.ca for the relevant episode of Talking Radical Radio from last August,
1: we found a trade school at a free school in Tatamagush in summer one and a half years ago. And there was such an amazing atmosphere. So it's three or four days of workshops and concerts and even some panels last year. And it's happening on a farm, Waldegrave Farm. It's so beautiful there. And there's a couple of families living there. It's an event that's very, very horizontal. So everybody's talking to each other. We all eat together. Everybody is volunteering to cook or to clean or do any kinds of chores. And people register their workshops beforehand. But still, there's a lot of spontaneity happening. And it's a beautiful setting right on the countryside of Nova Scotia. And everybody's camping together in a meadow and sitting around campfires. And as romantic as that sounds, I think it's much more than just romantic. It's also people come together and share stories and talk about the struggles they have, both on a political as much as on a personal level. And I think that's exactly what we need, like let humans come together and support each other and learn and live together. So, yeah, I think that's just basically what's inspiring for it. It feels nearly like a utopia, but a really applicable one. People were happy to share their skills and knowledge and their found that grassroots skill and knowledge sharing is so powerful, specifically because there's space for sharing stories and creating mentorship relationships. And I think that's something that I have missed very much in my own upbringing and in my own path to coming here. So that people talk about their mistakes and that they explain to you what you could do, not necessarily as a strict advice, but as a suggestion. So I went there for the first time with a friend and I had a really good time. And as I said before, I was really inspired by the kind of skill sharing and the atmosphere that was created over there. So at the very last night, I talked to a girl that I didn't really know before. And we talked about how great this concept is and that we would love to have such a thing in Halifax in a more long-term way. So she had just come to Halifax from Vancouver. And in Vancouver, there is a trade school. So she pitched that idea, and we decided to pull it off. So Tamil and I found a trade school. She's unfortunately not in Halifax these days anymore, so she's not involved anymore. What we first did was that we got together. We got in touch with trade school, which is a concept from New York. So in 2010, a couple of people in New York came together, and they found a trade school and also created, for example, a website template. So one of the first things that we did is that we got in touch with Trade School. You can you can check them out at Tradeschool.coop. Calling off Trade School would have been so much more complicated without this website, which also makes it look more legit and makes so much of the daily work easier. Then we reached out to a lot of venues because Trade School mostly runs without money which means that we needed to find venues that are interested in us using their spaces without wanting money for it. So we often offered different locations, a buy-to-system, but most locations are just happy with us using their space. And I think that's so charming about Halifax because it's a fairly tight-knit community here. And so it's easy to meet people, to find people, and to talk. Yeah, one thing leads to the other. So then we had a couple of venues, for example, Plan B, which is the thrift store, then Radstorm, which is an amazing place as well in the north end. It's a green printing collective oh, right. and a punk collective as well. We also used a vegan restaurant that a friend of us owned. So we had a couple of venues and then we just started asking our own friends what skills they would have and what they would like to teach. And of course, we started in a very small community because we asked our friends first. And so we definitely also ran into some issue with that later on. But uh, that were the first steps. And then the very first workshop that we had was on giant puppet making. And a friend of ours gave it, Brian Riley, who is an artist, which is also great because he's definitely not shy to share his knowledge. So it was great to pull that off, not knowing whether people would show up. There was a lot of nervousness involved. And then things slowly took off. And we asked more and more people and friends but friends wanted to share their skills as well. And so it came together.
0: Give me a sense of the range of the workshops that you've organized so far.
1: So as we counted right before this meeting, we had 47 workshops, and there are two others planned, and I know of at least five others that are planned. So let's say 55 workshops, which is amazing, and you cannot believe all the things that have been taught. So we started with giant puppet making. We had a couple of workshops on cooking. Generally, our staff is divided into two sections, hands-on things. And we call them life skills. And I think they're really important and really radical because they empower people to do things themselves. So we had things on seed saving, on vegan cooking, on bread baking, on herbal medicine making, on DIY solar panels. We had baking on Sunday. We had a workshop on pastry making. And the teacher made so much pastry dough that I took it home and ate butter types for days. It was great. Then we have also workshops that are more theoretical. We had one, for example, on the ecology of farming or how to write a resume. Or we had one on debt-driven capitalism, on drawing to music. We have a lot of creative things happening, a lot of sports-related things. For example, acro-yoga, which is quite big here in Halifax. Yeah, so many things. Building fairy houses was probably a workshop with the most kids involved. It was beautiful. We didn't need a venue for that. We just went to a local park and built little fairy houses. We also made piñatas, I learned improvisational theater, I learned how to fundraise for activism or how to talk about sexuality and being queer. It's so diverse. Also, pretty interesting, we had a graphic design workshop, which was our first out of a series that we just created, with a project called the Radical Imagination Project. Together, we created a series called Trade for Change, which is any kind of skill sharing around activist and organizing skills. So we had graphic design, fundraising, trigger warnings. We talked about how to talk to your racist uncle, almost anyone else, about the Paris attack. We had so many different things.
0: Who's involved in Trade School Halifax?
1: As I mentioned in the beginning, we started trade school with this approach, like, ask your friends, and they will ask your friends, and then they will ask your friends. I would say age varies a lot. We have people who are retired who give workshops. We also have a lot of kids involved. I mean, the kids don't give so many workshops. They mostly participate. But I think for teachers... That's pretty diverse, although I would say we are very focused on the peninsula, for sure, which is also because nobody owns a car, so I think it would just be really hard to pull it off on a regular basis in anything that's not the peninsula. I think, though, at least for a long time, our biggest group were university students.
2: Probably between the ages of 20 and 30. 20 to 35,
1: maybe. A lot of white people probably with an alternative left-wing political orientation. That's what we started with, because that's what we are ourselves. But we are really trying to broaden that. For example, we have a new partnership with the public libraries, which is amazing because their spaces are way more accessible, and also much better known. So it's easier to invite people there who are not part of our circle. We're also trying to reach out to community groups and to organizations that are more rooted in black communities, for example. But it's generally, it's hard. It's definitely not as diverse as I would like a concept like Trade School to be.
0: And tell me about the core collective that keeps Trade School going.
1: There's four of
2: us. Marietta, myself, Jeanine, and Erica. And I think Marietta and I are involved the most. We tend to go mm-hmm. to most of the workshops, and they do a lot of promotion. Erica makes the newsletters and Janine does a lot of social media and she does go to a few of the workshops as well.
1: I should say I really appreciate about Trade School that we all have very different reasons or maybe not reasons but we prefer doing different things at Trade School and so for a while I was doing it on my own when Tamar left and it became quite hard and tiring and I'm so grateful for the three others and I think we work really well together we have because I personally have no patience for Twitter, so we just have very different approaches and different priorities in what we're doing. I'm personally also not surprised that we're only female, because I think trade school is very much about enabling other people and not standing in spotlights. And I can see that in all of us, that we all like to support other people.
0: Walk me through the process from coming up with an idea for a workshop right through the workshop actually happening.
1: So probably you would send me an email or tell me through a friend that you're interested in giving a workshop. Then I'll get in touch with you or we're already in touch with each other. And you would tell me a title for your workshop and tell me a little bit about yourself and about your skills and your experience on that topic. And then you would write a workshop description and we'd see if that all works out. Then I reach out to one of our five different venues and see which one I think fits best, and then find out if a date works both for you and for the venue. And then we will register your workshop on our website and start promoting it. We use Twitter and Facebook and the website itself, and we have a monthly newsletter that has more than 500 followers now. And then we will try to promote it as good as possible and specifically in networks that might be interested in that specific thing. And then we will come to the workshop, you and I or Nicole or the other two trade school volunteers who exist would come there early and then we'll set up and talk to the venue owners and depend on specific contacts. And then hopefully the participants come on time and then one person from trade school opens a workshop and says what trade school is and thanks the venue and thanks you and asks people if they're okay with pictures being taken and talks about Halifax being on unceded Mi'kmaq territory. And then we go. Normally, the facilitator asks the participants first to say their names and why they're interested in the topic and explain through a little bit what's going to happen. We give buttons to everybody because the buttons have a pretty good promotional function and people like them and they have our amazing hat logo. And then the workshop is over and we hope that other people in the workshop were so inspired that they afterwards talk to one of the trade school people and say that they also want to share their skills, which happens really, really often. So I think that we often perceive learning as a very theoretical endeavor that's not connected to personal experience. And I think that's wrong and that we need to support an example for learning. One thing that happens a lot at trade school is that people are trying out new things in a workshop and that the facilitators are open to staying in touch with the people who just learned the skill to give them further tips or further hints and I think it's really important that we don't just learn from books and we don't just learn in institutions, but we can actually learn from each other. And when we talk about things like radical theory or how to talk about racism, it's really important to have somebody to exchange views with.
0: And Nicole, tell me about the side of the work that you most often do.
2: My main role is managing the Twitter account and Facebook. So daily, I will get through Twitter, post what upcoming workshops are taking place, try to get a feel for different people in the community and what they're looking for. And I actually post on there asking if anyone would like to teach their own trade school workshop. And I think that's been a really great promotional avenue. It's worked really well. We've gotten a lot of response that way. Like myself, who is a little sign reserved sometimes, it's kind of an inspiration for that sort of crowd to maybe come out to things that they might not normally get involved in. I think it's a really positive way because it's just there. If People are on Twitter anyway. They're on Instagram. They're on Facebook. And this kind of gets, in a way, squeezed into their daily routine. And it's a great way to spread the word. You know, people are posting comments and videos about workshops they've gone to recently. And the word gets spread really fast with social media. And I think that's the number one strength.
1: I think it's unfortunate that there's certainly a lot of people who do not use social media. And one thing that was really apparent was a couple of months after we had decided to trade school, there was a pretty big article in a local newspaper here in Halifax. And after that, we had a different crowd coming to our workshops. People were much older all of a sudden and just from different backgrounds. And that was certainly great as well.
2: I go to the workshops as well and I help facilitate to a degree and I I also take photos that I'll post on social media to get people's attention. It's really positive photos and I think that's worked really well also because then people get a feel of what the workshop's all about so then they have an idea of what they're getting involved in.
1: The truth is that Nicole was such a Twitter genius for 101 day that I backed her to come to trade school.
0: You're obviously open to a really broad range of topics and skills and knowledge and so on. But are there any criteria? Has anyone approached you with something that you've had to say no to for some reason?
1: No, that never happened. We ask people if they have expertise in the field. But I think our understanding of expertise is a little bit different. We don't want people to have a PhD in what they do. Because actually, if somebody wants to teach you the basics of fermentation, they don't need to be experts in that. So we just try to check if the person knows enough about the topic so that they can do the workshop. We often try to ask people if they're comfortable doing the workshop, if there are specific needs. At that point, sometimes things come out. But generally, I think, and that's the beauty of trade school, I think everybody is able to give a trade school workshop. And a lot of trade school workshops are very cooperative. So it's not just one person giving a lecture, but everybody's working together. So it's a shared effort anyway. I mean, we certainly have ideas, and there's certainly some morals involved about things that we would never want to be taught. But nobody has offered us anything awful so far. I think
2: essentially as long as the workshop is a positive you know, skill-sharing ideas, and it works for everybody. For example, our friend Robin, who was a self-taught kombucha maker, had been doing it for a few months, and he said, this would be a really great idea, and she jumped on it. And bam, we all learned how to make kombucha. It's great.
1: There's definitely a difference in skill and knowledge sharing. We had a workshop on radical theories, and I knew the person who gave it, who was part of the Radical Imagination Project, And I think somebody who gives a very theoretical workshop about such a topic, we would screen a little bit more closely just to know what they're trying to reach with this workshop. But apart from that, it's about creating a space for conversation. It's about a positive attitude towards learning and specifically learning together.
0: For each of you, tell me about the one trade school workshop that you've attended that has inspired you the most, or that you've learned the most from?
2: We had two weeks ago a discussion called 50 Shades of Queer, and it was essentially about sexuality in many different ways. We discussed the media, stereotypes, beliefs, portrayals of the media, and it was just really interesting to see such a wide range of people from all different backgrounds. I think it was probably one of the widest ranges of people. Like we said, they usually tend to be between the ages of 20 and 30, but there were high school students coming out, and there was, I think, a few people in their late, now 50s, 60s. It was really interesting. The mediator allowed us to kind of just open up and discuss how we feel about this topic, and that's the really great thing about trade schools workshops that are based around discussion. It's very open. They make it very welcoming, very accessible, and very warm. And and, I don't know, it was really beautiful. People really opened up. I think that was really empowering to hear people's stories. I think the big thing was you really get to know people really quickly when you're dealing with topics like that. And that's not normally a situation that I've been involved with a lot. I think that was very eye-opening for me. I
1: have a hard time deciding I loved workshops about things like sauerkraut. And actually, I mean, I'm also German, and I've never seen anybody making sauerkraut outside of Halifax. And so I think just learning skills that are around us all the time, but that we have unlearned to whatever to just get from home, that's really inspiring to me. But I think out of all the workshops that we have had, my favorite one was one that we've actually done twice, which is called the blanket exercise. And it was given by two volunteers from Canadian Roots Exchange, which is an organization that connects Indigenous and non-Indigenous youth. And the blanket exercise is basically everybody brings a blanket to the workshop and they're spread all across the floor. And it is a method to teach about the history of the land and of the colonization in Canada. And it's super powerful. And if you ever have the chance to take part in that thing, I highly recommend it. I think that was my favorite one.
0: From what I understand, trade school hasn't really run into too much of this sort of problem, but anyone who regularly goes to public events knows that there's always a chance of there being some sort of disruption or conflict or something that's politically troubling happen. What does trade school do to try to minimize the chances of that sort of problematic thing happening at a trade school workshop?
1: Well, we're definitely trying to co-facilitate whenever it's necessary. We have had heated discussions, but never to a degree that it was worrying. One thing I have to say, we once had a workshop that was very much about personal issues and personal identity. And I remember that there was a person who we thought was maybe dealing with mental health issues or maybe being intoxicated. And so we made sure to talk to the facilitator and that during group work, this group would be specifically supervised. So we tried to have an eye on it, but that's the degree to which we have had issues. I mean, obviously we want to support conflict solutions, but I think humans are also pretty well able to deal with conflict. I mean, let's say we have a workshop and people start getting really angry about the topic and the pros and cons. I think that we would just try to have an open conversation about why this is happening.
2: Intervening in a positive and calm manner to help the other person feel safe. I think that's the main thing, that everyone feels safe. If someone Um, were to bring up an issue with a venue or a particular person, we would be immediately on top of that and we would try to facilitate or discover, maybe consider a new venue for the discussion or the hands-on workshop.
1: One thing is definitely that we want our participants to feel safe and we want to have the obviously existing barriers to coming to a workshop to be as low as possible.
0: Where do you see things going for Trade School Halifax?
1: Generally, what we are looking forward to is that we are building our Trade for Change series, which is very amazing. We are always just looking for teachers and keep doing what we're doing. What we are trying right now is to make trade school more accessible. So, for example, we are offering bus tickets to make transport easier. We are offering free childcare. The parent or guardian of the kid gets in touch with us first, and then we will reimburse them for babysitters they have anyway. If we have more than two or three kids per workshop that need to be guided, then we will probably arrange on site. And we have some connections with people who have been babysitting a lot in the very professional setting. And we get our funding at this point mostly from NSPERC, the Nova Scotia Public Interest Research Group, where we have applied for a couple of grants. And we're trying to create more and more partnerships with other groups so that we can invite people more easily. We want
2: Trade School to grow.
1: Yeah, we want Trade School to grow. And we want more people. Like I think the biggest issue for me is that it needs to be more outside of our own communities. Uh, it would be amazing if that could happen. We are working at it. But obviously, reaching the people that are hard to reach takes so much more time, and we are all doing that on a voluntary basis.
0: You have been listening to my interview with Marietta Vilt and Nicole Holland about Trade School Halifax. To learn more about their work, go to tradeschool.coop/halifax. That's tradeschool.coop/halifax. To find out more about Talking Radical Radio, the guests, the theme music, and the ways that you can listen, or to suggest topics for future shows, go to talkingradical.ca and click on the link for the radio show. On the site, you can sign up for email updates or follow us on Facebook or Twitter.